0: To Beyond Blathers, the podcast where we dive deeper into the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm Sophia Osborne. And I'm Olivia DeBercier. And if you want to support the show, check out our new merch store over on Etsy. We've got stickers, acrylic keychains, and handmade sunfish ornaments. Make sure to take a look over at etsy.com shop slash beyondblathers. Okay, cool. So on to today's episode. But first, I
1: have an apology to make to all our listeners. Last week, it was Shark Week, the week where we all gather together to appreciate the royalty of the ocean, the sharks. And I feel like I'm a traitor to the animal science communication community because I completely forgot. And <laughs> instead, we talked about pufferfish. So, like, you know, no shade to the pufferfish, but like, I think that was a major oversight on my part so
0: <laughs> well puffer fish are sharks in my heart
1: sure <laughs> they're probably like statistically more dangerous than sharks as we learned I True, have no evidence yeah. to back that up but that's I I would put money on it
0: mm-hmm. maybe me too
1: So here we are uh, riding on the back of Shark Week, trying to sort of eke out what we can out of the shark party, much like the topic of today's episode, the Remora. So in Animal Crossing, you might recognize the Remora as being called the Suckerfish. uh, And that's just another name for this group of fish. So just a heads up on that. We're going to call them the Remora because I like it better, just because I'm more familiar with Remoras. I guess Suckerfish is actually a pretty cool name. Yeah. Whatever. I I've made my decision. <laughs> We're sticking to it.
0: Okay. The remora sounds like it would be in Twilight or something, like the evil vampires, <laughs> like a, a coven.
1: Yeah. There. It looked like when I googled remora, there's like some coding code or something called remora, or like a program or something. I I couldn't figure it out, but it seems like a popular name to name things.
0: I've definitely heard. Of this type of fish that rides on the back of sharks, but I don't know anything about them and I didn't know their name or anything, so I'm excited to talk about this. Let's first see what Blathers has to say. So, if you bring a suckerfish to Blathers, he'll say, The suckerfish is a curious fish that likes to attach itself with its sucker mouth to larger marine animals. The benefit to the suckerfish is that it gets to eat smaller parasites and dead skin off the host's body. Amusingly, some people have used suckerfish fish on cords to catch large turtles with the fish's own suction. I imagine this practice is the cause of some awkward conversations between fish and turtle. Uh, what?
1: <laughs> I kind of love this comment about people fishing using remoras because there's something, like, funny to me about the idea of, like, traitorous remoras helping humans fish for other species. Like it does seem like kind of an awkward situation. I know like cormorants do it too. Like there are fishermen who use
0: cormorants to to help fish. That's so interesting. So this is like a real thing that people do. It's not something blathers made up?
1: (laughs) No, no, it's definitely real. It's really cool. Yeah, so strings or like a rope are attached to the tail of the remora, and then they're thrown into the water where they'll attach to, like, turtles or whatever the fishing target is, but I'm pretty sure it's usually turtles. And the strength of the remora's suction is so strong that once they've attached to the target, a human is able to, like, reel the turtle in. So, of course, the turtles can still sometimes escape, So sometimes the goal is to, like, attach multiple remoras to the target. And apparently if three remoras can be attached, there's basically no chance of the turtle escaping. So, yeah, they're incredibly strong for, like, relatively smallish fish. And this fishing practice is used today and there's lots of historical evidence too of it being used all over the world including like Cuba, China, Yemen, Kenya, Colombia, Madagascar, and even Australia. So really all over the place wherever you can find remoras. Now historical records also describe these fishing remoras as being cared for kind of like domestic livestock. Like they have them almost as pets and they use them for fishing and they'll give them like time to rest before being used again, because it can be pretty exhausting for them. So yeah, that was really interesting to read. And I was reading this paper by Lisa Yeomans about the historical documentation of this fishing method. And there's this one guy named Holmwood, who in the 1880s traveled throughout Madagascar and Pemba and Zanzibar and documented remora fishing. And there was some really interesting stuff in this paper about how remoras were strong enough to even bring in like crocodiles and that some fishermen would call their remoras to them with just, like, a whistle. And in some cases, iron rings were actually melded around the tail of the fish to attach the ropes to. But then, at, like, the end of reading this really interesting, all these interesting facts that Holmwood had written, the author was like, the anecdotes of Holmwood, while interesting, might not be the most reliable, as the man was described as being famous for his tall tales. So... Now I just want to know, like, how much of that is true, because it's really interesting. So if anyone knows, let us know. <laughs> I mean, it sounds, like, kind of reasonable. Like, these, they're saying that they're strong enough to bring in a turtle. Like, maybe they could bring in a
0: crocodile. I don't know. If even, like, a bit of that is true, it's still totally wild. I had no... I've, I had never heard about this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really cool. And I can't tell if, like, the author had included the parts that she felt were true, or she was just saying, like, she, like, I, I don't know if she was just excluding the parts that she thinks were, like, tall tales and including the stuff she thinks is true or just including it all and putting, like, <laughs> a little asterisk and being like, mm, maybe you don't believe everything <laughs> this guy says. Yeah, but anyway, I thought it was, like, worth sharing because it's just kind of a funny story either way. Yeah. And, like, I mean, in general, like, the remora fishing is
0: really fascinating
1: just as is, so...
0: Wow, so how are they able to suction so well? Yeah, so contrary
1: to what Blather says, Remora's don't suction using their mouths. That is incorrect. He's mistaking remoras for something like a cookie cutter shark or a lamprey and those things bite their prey and tend to hang on for a while before letting go along with a chunk of flesh. So remoras are a bit more gentle in their approach. They are not eating their hosts ideally or at least not really in that way. So yeah, they're not holding on by the mouth. And unlike lampreys, which are really long and snake like, remoras are, they they look a lot like regular skinny long fish. But if those fish also had like a round sort of oval shaped cheese grater attached to their head, (laughs) like this is, if you look at it, that's what it looks like. Like it's got these long slats. It's very flat and like Yeah, I don't know. It just makes me think of a cheese grater. Um, and That is the suction mechanism. And I was shocked to learn that apparently this suction cup is a modified dorsal fin. Like of all the things, it's just it does not look like it could ever have been a fin. It's like doing the opposite. It's totally lying flat. And researchers figured this out by looking at the development of the remora. So looking at early development of an organism, that can sometimes hint to how certain body parts came to be over evolutionary time. So if they look at like sort of the embryo remora and how it grows up, they can kind of be like, oh, look, this thing started out as a dorsal fin. Like it started to develop as a dorsal fin, but then it flattened out and became something else. So yeah, that's how they figured that out. And a baby remora will sort of have like a little mini suction cup and that will sort of grow bigger as they grow bigger, but it'll also, it'll sort of start at the top of their body and then migrate towards sort of the tip of their head and that area. So basically imagine that that dorsal fin has been split perfectly in half along the length of the fish and then folded down against the fish's head. So those slats that you see in the suction, those are actually sort of like these bony bits of the the ray of the fin that have flattened out and become kind of a, a vent looking system, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> That's so interesting because I just assumed that it would look kind of like your classic suction cup. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> how does something that looks like a cheese grater work at suctioning?
1: Yeah, it. I was wondering the same thing because I looked at this thing and I was like, okay, that is not what I expected that to look like. And so there's three main ways it's able to stick onto the slippery surface of something like a manta ray or a shark. And the first thing are those slats that I was talking about. They work kind of like blinds, like if you're like sort of, you've got like Venetian blinds that are just like closing and opening. So when the fish is pressed against a surface, that lifting effect creates a vacuum. And so the fish can raise and lower those slats as needed. They kind of look like gills actually when they're open and that is the main suction device on the fish but it also has tiny little barbs along those bony slat structures those help to create friction and prevent the fish from slipping off and then the third thing that the remora has is that thick lip around the edge of the suction cup and that keeps that vacuum inside
0: wow that's so interesting like what what an adaptation I just can't believe that there's an animal that, like, can
1: just, like, stick on to another animal
0: (laughs) and just hang out, like... Using, like, a cheese grater blind skills thing. (laughs) That
1: that used to be a fin. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what? Like, it is just the most bizarre. It seems like such a, like, roundabout way to get to that point.
0: Yeah. So people fishing are using them to catch turtles and stuff like that, but... I guess in the wild, like, what are they attaching to? Is it just sharks and turtles?
1: Yeah, so it depends on the species. There's about eight species of remora. A number of them are generalists, so they can attach to a variety of hosts, and a couple of them specialize. So something like the whale suckerfish, unsurprisingly, specializes in cetaceans, so they will latch onto dolphins, whales, and porpoises. But other hosts for the Remora species can include gongs and manatees. They can go on to rays like manta rays. They'll also attach to bony fishes, ships, cement blocks, buoys, and even divers sometimes. Although, unsurprisingly, those relationships don't last very long. They kind of go, oh, you're leaving the <laughs> water right away. I should probably go. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of different creatures. Kind of if it, it moves and it's bigger than them.
0: Wow, I wonder what that would feel like as a diver.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it seems like I saw some videos that looked like they really liked the flippers, like they might Mm. try and attach to the
0: flippers. (laughs) That's cute. It seems like this is like such a strong adaptation, but I guess why do they bother doing this? So
1: first, it's
0: good protection.
1: Remoras are safely attached to some of the bigger fish, per se, of the ocean. So, you know, they're nice and safe. It's also good because they need flowing water for the gills to function properly, so the host is always on the move, so that means less effort for them. And hosts can also be a good spot to find a hookup, so you never know when a remora might find a hot date hanging out on the same manta ray. And the hosts also might congregate with members of their own species, thereby introducing their remora hitchhikers to one another unintentionally. So it's kind of like a singles cruise for fish. (laughs) And most importantly, they have really easy access to food there. So remoras can eat food debris that gets stirred up or dropped by the host. So could be like a sea turtle kind of ruffling up a bunch of vegetation or, you know, invertebrates and things like that. But they may even eat the host's feces, their dead skin, or even their vomit, which is really gross. I
0: didn't know that, like, marine animals even vomit.
1: I know! I, like... I've never thought about it before, but of course they would. Yeah. But what a strange concept. <laughs> so, yeah, that's something. So this means that sometimes they'll also like briefly detach from their host and swim around a bit and eat all the food floating around the host uh, and then attach again. Remoras will even skid across the body of fast-moving whales without being thrown off by the current. And this is really impressive. Like, there's a video of one skidding across a blue whale and of course that animal is moving pretty fast and it's amazing that the current just doesn't like whip this animal off once it loses its section and a lot of research went into figuring out the physics of how the remora manages to do this and apparently the way the water flows around the whale there's a very thin layer of water around the body of the whale that has little force to knock the remora back So the remoras will hang out in these areas uh, like behind the blowhole or behind the fins where there's the least amount of fluid resistance to send that remora flying off (laughs) off the host and into the ocean. And they calculated all this like physics stuff with like a supercomputer and a whole bunch of research went into it, which I think is just really cool that like so much effort went into being like, why is this remora not being thrown off the back of a blue <laughs> whale. They were like, no, we got to figure this out. Let's get the Spanish supercomputer on this. Yeah, it was just a very cool article about it on CBC. If you want to Google, like, remora, <laughs> like, blue whale, you'll probably get it. But yeah, back to what remoras eat. And this is really important to understanding remora ecology is that, as Plathers said, remoras eat parasitic copepods on the host's
0: skin. Okay, so... Does that mean that it's like a mutually beneficial relationship where the Remoras get to live and eat there and the host gets their own personal cleaner? (laughs) Yeah, like maybe?
1: It seems still up for debate. So they're definitely eating copepods, but it's possible that the Remoras are eating the copepods that have already dropped off the skin. So they aren't really like getting the parasites off so much as waiting for them to leave on their own and then eating them, which is not very useful to the animal that they're on. So a a bit more research needs to go into this to better understand that relationship. So it's hard to tell if this relationship is really benefiting the host. And you know, I was watching a video of remoras on manta rays, and I feel a little bit bad for the manta ray because this thing was absolutely covered in pretty big looking remoras. It's kind of like, I don't know, it gave me the feeling of like wearing a whole bunch of like fanny packs on me all at once because they were kind of like size size. like relative. (laughs) Like they look like fanny packs on this manta ray. And I felt bad for the manta ray because it's like doing all this work, pulling all these freeloaders across the ocean. And the drag caused by having all these remoras attached can actually be a big problem for sharks, rays, or whoever the host is, because it means that they have to expend more energy swimming, meaning they have to find more food. And remoras aren't small. Depending on the species, they can be 12 to 43 inches long. So, wow. like, they're, like, not massive fish, but but they're decent size. That's,
0: yeah, like, feet long. I was not, mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, like, inches long.
1: Yeah, and, like, some of them don't look like they would be that annoying to, like, a shark, but some of these ones on the manta rays in particular looked very large. And they can stay on the host as long as three months if they like it there. And if they don't or they feel threatened, they can just sort of drop off and swim away. But another problem with the remoras is they can leave like a discoloration on their host's body when they leave. Um, So it's basically like a hickey and it's like not cute. So (laughs) I don't know how much of a problem that is for the animals, but I wouldn't like it personally. And a fun fact, the name remora means a hindrance in Latin. So
0: I thought that was kind of funny. That's so interesting because I was thinking, oh, remora is such a pretty word. Like, you could name your kid Ramora or something.
1: It seems like some of the defi- definitions made it sound like a moderate inconvenience, <laughs> like <laughs> not terrible but just And it seems to be a very accurate description of the Ramora cuz it's hard to say whether they're helpful or not. Right. But a lot of creatures do try to get them off. So, if we're looking at just animal behavior, it looks like some of them don't want them there. Like some dolphins will reportedly jump out of the water and spin around and try and to slodge remoras. They may also like bite or rip them off their calves if they see them
0: latching on. Dolphins have calves?
1: Yeah, calves. They're like little
0: babies. Oh, about Lake. See you, Lake. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just
1: imagining dolphin caps. Like, they've got, like, board shorts on, really ripped caps. Um,
0: oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stop laughing at that.
0: It's amazing.
1: <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah, so sometimes they don't like the remora.
0: <laughs> I mean um, fair. If I if they were yeah. on my calves, I would also rip them off. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> so, conservation-wise, like how are they doing in the wild?
1: Yeah, so seven species of remora are listed as least concern at the moment, and the whitefish shark sucker, no, sorry, whitefin shark sucker has not been assessed yet. So, They seem to be doing okay. The main concern for Remoras at the moment is that their hosts are disappearing, specifically sharks, and without their hosts, those weird little Remora creatures can't survive. So, you know,
0: love your sharks. (laughs) Uh, Protect the sharks. Bringing it back to shark week, like, you know, you gotta protect the sharks. Yeah, and like, let's
1: end this hate on sharks. Like, they're just doing their best. Mm -hmm. And while we're at it, I do always want to promote minorities in shark sciences, which is an awesome organization promoting, yeah, minorities in shark (laughs) sciences, as their name suggests. So um, making sure that, you know, there's diversity in the marine science world, where often there isn't diversity. So yeah, definitely go follow them on Twitter and on Instagram. They have just like awesome shark info sessions and are just doing amazing work. So just wanted to give them a shout out post-Shark Week. So if you have, if you want to like support Shark Sciences, they're a great organization to donate to. They're, they run like camps and things like that and education programs. Yeah, they're great. So.
0: Yeah, totally. And we also have an episode from last year during Shark Week where we did the Great White. Mm-hmm. So. It was so interesting.
1: I like, I think that's the episode where I remember more facts than any other episode, like I forget a lot of facts <laughs> after we do an episode, and that one I'm like I'm kind of shook by what I learned, particularly like the warm bloodedness yeah of great white sharks was kind of a life changing piece of information for me, like I'd never considered that, so go listen to that because i just I just think great white sharks are the coolest
0: now, your life can also be changed, yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, <laughs> Olivia, and thanks everyone for listening. Please take a second to leave us a rating and review, and don't forget to subscribe. And, of course, tell your nerdy animal friends about us. Um, not the
1: animals, but people who are nerdy about animals. <laughs> but maybe also animals. Like, I don't know.
0: Tell your dogs about us.
1: Do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God, we're so tired. Yeah. This is the most <laughs>
0: delirious episode. Oh) uh. <laughs> And tune in next week to learn more about the insects, fish, and fossils you can find in Animal Crossing New Horizons. Bye! Bye!